Faith teaches us that we need to let go of our egos and limitations to accept that we only know so much and that there is someone greater that is behind all things. Just because things are a mystery to us does not mean that there is a very rational and logical explanation that revolves around a being that is greater than us. When a person starts accepting the God of the Bible, then many things can and will start to make sense to them. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. In today's message, we'll be talking about who God is and who man is. I'm not sure if people today still wonder if God truly exists or not. It appears, at least on the surface, that people are more willing to accept that God does not exist and that all that matters is what they choose to believe. It seems like people think that they can control reality and that they can challenge God without suffering any consequences. There is a clear misunderstanding on man's part about who and what God is and what man is. Today's message is inspired on the book of Job, chapter 9, verses 1 to 16. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, hallowed and glorified be your name. I praise you and I worship you, O Lord God. Lord, for there is no one like you. You are the God of the universe. You are the Almighty. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Heavenly Father, there is no one like you, and no one can do what you can do. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O God, that you please forgive my sins and my wrongs. I pray always, O Lord, that you please have mercy on us. Heavenly Father, do not pay us according to our sins, but remember us in your mercy and in your grace through your Son, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, help us, O Lord, to be able to understand who you are and that we should seek out for you. Heavenly Father, help us to be sensitive to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We'll be reading today from the book of Job, chapter 9, verses 1 through 16. This is the word of the Lord. Then Job answered and said, Truly I know it is so, but how can a man be righteous before God? If one wished to contend with him, he could not answer him one time out of a thousand. God is wise in heart and mighty in strength. Who has hardened himself against him and prospered? He removes the mountains and they do not know. When he overturns them in his anger, he shakes the earth out of its place and its pillars tremble. He commands the sun and it does not rise. He seals off the stars. He alone spreads out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. He made the bear, the Orion, and the Pleiades, and the chambers of the south. He does great things past finding out, yes, wonders without number. If he goes by me, I do not see him. If he moves past, I do not perceive him. If he takes away, who can hinder him? Who can say to him, what are you doing? God will not withdraw his anger. The allies of the proud lie prostrate beneath him. How then can I answer him? and choose my words to reason with him? For though I were righteous, I could not answer him. I would beg mercy of my judge. If I called and he answered me, I would not believe that he was listening to my voice. Who is God? It is not an easy question to answer because the concept of God is hard to grasp for us as humans, at least going by mere intellect. It is truly hard for our finite minds to understand 
Who God is for many reasons. Our limitations are the main reason why it can be challenging to understand who He is. It is hard to accept for us that He is infinite because we are finite beings with a definite carnal beginning and end. It is hard to accept that He's omnipotent because we are so very limited in strength. We can only do so much. It can be quite difficult for us to understand that He can be omnipresent because we only have the capacity to be at one place at one time. And of course, probably the most challenging aspect of God for us to comprehend and or accept is that He knows everything, that absolutely nothing is hidden from Him. It is impossible for us to know everything. Our knowledge, no matter how much we think we know, is extremely limited. We know only so much about the physical world, and we really have hardly any idea of anything else. Many people are so limited that they don't even know why they do and don't do many things in their lives. If you ask someone, why do you do X? They might say, I really don't know why I do this, but I just do it. And probably the most unfair and illogical thing people do with the Lord is that people judge him based on their limitations. How can a person judge God when they are so limited themselves? We do have certain things that can help us to begin to understand who God is, though. More exactly, we have two main things that are the basis for us to begin to have an idea of who God is. And I say begin to have an idea because, again, our limitations will always be in the way. We can move the needle, if you will, but only so much. The only thing that can make a difference is the disposition we employ to find out. And that happens within itself through a series of events. But for starters, we have creation and faith that can help us to open the door, if you will. If we look first at creation, it gives us at least very good indications of what God is capable of in our physical world. Because remember that there is much more to reality than just the things we can sense with our five senses. Our five senses only allow for us to experience the physical world we live in. For instance, in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, it says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And so we have everything that is made, everything that can be experienced through our senses to start getting an idea of who God is through his capabilities. Science within itself is not a bad thing if it is applied in the context of God. Science, for instance, is defined as follows. It is the intellectual and practical activity encompassing the systematic study of the structure and behavior of the physical and natural world through observation and equipment. The problem that some people have gotten into is attempting to use science to disprove the existence of God, when in fact, if you keep science objective, then you will be able to understand even better the magnificence of God. Some very intelligent people who contributed many significant discoveries to science were able to understand that God truly exists through the rigors of their studies. Just to name a few names, there's Francis Bacon, Blaise Pascal, Copernicus, Descartes, Boyle, Millikan, Einstein, and so many others were able to understand that God exists because of what they saw in our physical universe. But we don't have to just rely on them. We can look at things ourselves. Our senses give us the ability to perceive our immediate surroundings and those that are very distant. We can see God's magnificence by just looking up to the heavens, to the vastness of space, 
to the understanding that there are other planets and stars and galaxies and the infinity of space itself. We can see God's handiwork in the mountains and rivers, the ocean, the trees, the flowers, all of the living things that live in the world throughout. We can see his abilities even in ourselves and how our own bodies work. We can touch the softness of a flower petal or the skin of a newborn baby. We can smell the aroma of flowers and trees, the ocean air, and so many other delightful things. We can taste the amazing flavor of fresh, clean, crisp water or fruits or vegetables. We can listen to the breeze passed by the trees of a Sunday afternoon or the sound of birds singing or the crickets at night. All of these things are only a sampling of what God has made. There is even a physical world that is hidden from our naked eyes because we can only see so much. We need man-made instruments to be able to see very small things like microorganisms and cells. And we need to use telescopes to see beyond and far away things. Everything that exists talks about God and his capabilities in one way or another. We just have to take the time to appreciate those things and see them for what they are and how they work. One thing is for certain, and all objective scientists should be able to agree on this, that there is an incredible and highly developed structure in the physical world to the point that numbers are used to explain its exactitude. The speed of light is an exact number. Gravitational force is explained through exact numbers. Mathematics is only possible because of the incredible consistency and exactitude in everything that exists. Faith is a thing that can help us understand and come to believe in who God is. It is the ability we have to be able to go beyond the physical and understand those things that transcend the senses, to be able to believe the unseeable. There are many things that are invisible that have even greater power and importance than the visible. For instance, we have gravity. We can't see gravity within itself, but we know it's there because of its effects on things. Also, what holds all of the celestial bodies in the positions they are? There are planets and stars and galaxies that remain where they are because something that we cannot see holds them in place somehow. We cling on to faith because that is what we have to make sense out of the things we just have no intellectual way to explain them. Oh, physicists can explain mathematically and theorize why things are the way they are, but what makes all of those things possible? Just because a person can somehow explain how certain things work does not give them the capacity to do them. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Faith teaches us that we need to let go of our egos and limitations to accept that we only know so much and that there is someone greater that is behind all things. Just because things are a mystery to us does not mean that there is a very rational and logical explanation that revolves around a being that is greater than us. When a person starts accepting the God of the Bible, then many things can and will start to make sense to them. Until that acceptance does not happen, then many things will remain unanswered, especially the very important questions like, why do we exist? What is the purpose of all things? What will happen with you and me after this life is over? Those are more important questions to answer than things that only impact the temporary and the superficial. Now the Word of God teaches us that God is three persons. 
First John chapter 5, verse 7 says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. God is a plural God, and we see this in different parts of the Bible. In Genesis chapter 1, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. This word that we see mentioned as being one of the three deities is Jesus Christ. The Apostle John says this in another place about the word in chapter one of his gospel, where it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 17, reinforces this concept that the word, Jesus, was there at the beginning, and that all things were made through him, and that his person allows for everything to consist. For it says, he, speaking of Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And so we start to understand the importance of who Jesus is. And here is why he needs to be our focal point, our everything. 1 Timothy chapter 2 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ. Our only access to this eternal and almighty being that is responsible for our creation and existence and that holds all of the answers for us is through the person of Jesus Christ. There is no other person or way. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We have no other choice but to look for the Lord. And if we have any kind of logical desire to transcend this very temporary world, we should submit to him. He must lead our way if we want to gain those things that only God can give and do for us. One valid and logical reason we should have to look for the Lord are our limitations. Do we really have any control over things around us and even over our own lives? If you're realistic, you will realize that human control is an illusion. We may be able to impact certain things here and there, but there are greater things that we have absolutely no control over. Death teaches us that reality. No matter how wealthy and powerful and or famous people think that they are, they will die one way or another. Accidents happen all of the time. Natural disasters cannot be fully anticipated. Health problems, what can we say about those? There have been many people that supposedly do all the right things to be healthy and something still goes wrong. I can be talking right now and not realize that my end could be right before I finish this message. We're truly very insignificant and powerless, especially as compared to everything else that surrounds us that we know of. And we are even more insignificant as compared to things we don't even know that exist. King David had said this about our very simple existence. In Psalm chapter 8, it says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, 
What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? Man is nothing, especially when compared to the Lord. We need to look for the Lord because of who he is and because of what we are. That's the bottom line. And it is in people's best interest to start accepting the certain reality that God is God and that Jesus Christ is the only way to him and stop trying to find answers where there are no answers. The answer to everything we need to know is not within us. The answer is in the Lord. People should stop challenging God for their own good rather than going against God. Man should become one with God through Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Then and only then is when a person can find all that they need and more. This is the problem with rebelling against the Lord. And this is the irony in things. God is actively and constantly trying to reach out to people in all kinds of different ways. The problem is that most people are so set on their ways and so focused on the temporary that they completely miss what is mostly necessary to them. What's worse is that many people haven't still realized that in their angst to not want to believe in the Lord, that they're only settling for the crumbs of the temporary and completely dismissing the eternal that only God can give. Most people are looking to be happy in the moment and throwing away immortality. If just a very small amount of logic is used, many would come to realize that searching for God would open a wondrous gate into the reality that exceeds all human intellectual capacity. Jesus said this, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. I can't stress this enough. This world and everything in it is passing. It's temporary. And in the grand scheme of things that we do know, that should make this world not as important. The things that most people look for are fleeting and pointless. And this is the only reality that I can tell you to try to put things in perspective. When every person is at their last moments of life, they usually wonder about what will happen after. And most people should think about that all of the time. And the reason is that last breath, that last time you see the light of day, that last instant you think your last thought before you head into the great unknown, can happen at any moment and you may not see it coming. The general foolishness in taking things for granted does not let people assimilate that reality. And some think, well, if it's my last moments on this planet, then I would like to do X, whatever that is. Yes, and then what? And here is where some logic, enough that a small child can have, should come into play. And that is what Jesus is helping people try to think about. What are 70, 80, 90 years compared to eternity? Sometimes five minutes going through something very unpleasant can feel like an eternity. But what about going through something that is so terrible and awful that cannot even be explained and for a person to experience that forever? The fool says, I'll deal with it when it comes. 
And the fool is the only person that thinks that they can deal with something that they have no knowledge or capacity to deal with. The fool is ultimately the person that thinks that they can outsmart reality and the eternal judgment of God. And what's funny is that the fool is the only one that breaks down at the very first sight of trouble. If a person can't even handle the here and now, how can they even imagine handling something completely unknown to them? So my ultimate question in all of this to you is, are you a fool or are you wise? The wise person is the one that goes to someone higher than them, to someone that already has it all figured out like God. And rather than challenge him, the wise look to follow him and to do what he tells him to do. I would urge you, don't be a fool. Be wise and look for the Lord while there's still time. Make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life today so he can guide you now and forever into all eternity. True immortality can only be found through the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only one that has conquered death and lives and rules forever and ever. Let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, help us, O Lord, to be mindful of who you are and what we are. Help us, O Lord, to seek after you as the God that you are, the Almighty, the one who was and is and is to come. Lord, there is no greater reality than you. Help us to understand that. Help us, O oh Lord, at least to have the desire to seek you out, Lord God. Heavenly Father, forgive us, O oh Lord, because we don't give you the respect and the attention that we should give you. Heavenly Father, help us to be more mindful about what we are, that we are truly nothing in the grand scheme of things. We are smaller than a speck. And we can do nothing, absolutely nothing, to change anything that may happen to us at any given moment. Lord, help us to understand that everything rests in your hands. I pray in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord, for every person that's listening, that they might actually be wise, that they might take into consideration what is being said, that they may understand that you are God and that there is none higher or greater than you, and that our attention should be focused on you and on what you desire for us to do. I give you thanks because you truly love us and because you're merciful. And because, Lord God, you're just sitting there just waiting for us to turn to you. Help us, O oh Lord, to be sensitive to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.